one-on-one, just me and you. We are back for the last part to the Cardboard Caucuses first ever delve into Des Moines' dank dungeon. (laughs) (laughs) It's copyright pending on that, but uh, we find our heroes approaching the entrance to the Jotunheer ruins. Uh, Dwarven architecture, um, faded statues weathered from time that uh, flank the this grand causeway that leads up to the entrance to these uh, to these ruins. Uh, marching order, uh, heroes. Uh, so it'll be Devad taking up the front with the Elven girl and Felton in the middle, and Owens is the rear guard again. Perfect. All right. All right. So uh, you get to the the front door, and you see the uh, it's just a big iron. Uh, well, maybe I guess no. Neither of you are, are dwarves. Uh, some it's not quite iron. It's like a little more. Uh, it's got like flecks of shininess to it that reflect the light much brighter than you would expect iron or steel to. And you see at the center of this door is a small keyhole. Just so happens I have a key, but uh, I'm going to go up and I'll tread my way past these two and make sure that there's no traps or anything first. Uh, roll perception for me, please. Ants. Okay. You do not detect traps. Okay. I'm going to try and shove that key I found on that dude into the door. So the key uh, is definitely like a human-made key, and you go to uh, place it in the keyhole, and the keyhole is made for like something very different. There's These keys are likely for something unrelated to this gigantic door. Okay. Um, I have my... Thieves' tools. Perhaps I can uh, lockpick this? Yeah. So to do that, you will make a sleight of hand check, and since you're using thieves' tools, you can roll at advantage. Oh, I got this. Oh, maybe not. I need to stop rolling. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 5 plus 7 is 12? Yes, that is a 12. So uh, you... You hit the tumblers and the the mechanism within inside the the lock, and you hear a heavy and the lock turns by itself, and you hear uh, the sound of like rock of stone grinding against stone, and once <laughs> just before it happens, you see uh, four holes open up on the side of the the entryway about the size of like a crossbow bolt make a dexterity save for me please oh boy. Three. 17 nice so you uh how do you dodge out of the way of all of these crossbow bolts that we're about to you were you like, like a, a pin cushion type thing? <laughs> back and I'm already three feet, so I'm like only an inch off the floor at the very end. Perfect. Yeah, so uh, all these crossbow bolts launch at the same time and um, land right where your head was moments before. Um, 
This, the, the lock at the center continues to turn, and you hear another loud of more locks disengaging, and the door slowly slides open, revealing a dark, cavernous interior. Got the door, guys. You guys ready? Let's go. All right. Is this dark enough we're going to need torches to be able to see? Okay, mm-hmm. so we, we light a torch. Probably a couple of them, one, yeah. one for each of us. For the best. We'll proceed inside. Uh, so inside the uh, this large cavern, the dwarven-made cavern, yeah, should evoke the vibes of the Mines of Moria from uh, Lord of the Rings, where the ceiling is just imperceptibly tall, and you have these uh, ornate dwarven columns that are holding up a ceiling that you can't even see. It's so high up. And should give the impression of grandeur and uh, faded glory of times when this was um, maybe kept more intact by whatever dwarves were around this area at one time. So the the causeway that you were walking on that led up to this door continues onto the inside, and to the left and right of this causeway, every 25 feet is a statue of a dwarf, and... Uh, written in dwarvish are different runes and and scripts underneath each uh, underneath each statue that neither of you can read. Um, but you hear Katiana um, talk to someone that isn't there, and <laughs> oh, he, oh, that's a funny name. Oh, and his whole head got eaten. Wow, and she's just like. All as you continue down this causeway, she sort of relays. Uh, through this one-sided conversation that all of these dwarves uh, died in really horrific and gruesome ways. And these must be their tombs and memorial. We didn't know. <laughs> oh, I think we're definitely in the right place. Yeah. The causeway eventually uh, stops, and it you see the... Uh, stonework of the dwarf, the impeccable carving and intricate uh, workings of the dwarf smashed apart and this roadway is destroyed and the torchlight illuminates that on the other side of the causeway there it's the you're basically you realize you're actually on a huge bridge and uh, the bridge is out and 25 feet across is the other side of the bridge. I'm peek over and make sure there's not a Balrog out down there. <laughs> you totally see a Balrog. It's like, oh, what the hell? This was my moment. Uh, no, you you just see a a vast emptiness below. Okay. No traps. Well, there we go. How are we going to cross this great ravine here, 25 feet? What do we got? Well, we, we have some ropes, but I don't know what we could attach them to on the other side. Strong enough to throw me? 25 feet is pretty far. Can you throw me 25 feet? Um, it would take a really, really good athletics roll. Yeah. Like, the difficulty would probably be, like, 18. But he yeah. could do that. You could yeah, try. I don't want to fall into the big abyss. That sounds awful. <laughs> what about the girl? Is she lighter than me? No, I'm just um, Well, and you, you would have, uh, like, norm, along with normal adventure, with adventuring gear, you would have a grapple, too. So uh, ev- any adventurer's pack would have a grapple. So you could potentially, like, Attach the rope to a grapple and try to grapple across and create a swing. 
um, and like tighten it down on your side to create like a tension line so you could cross like uh, that Sylvester Stallone movie cliffhanger. Wait, someone fell on that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll try uh, that. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like our best bet. Yeah, take out the grappling hook and give it a good old whirl, see if we can grab a hold of something. Uh, so, Ants, if you're throwing it, you'll make a athletics roll for me. Whoever is throwing uh, it will make an athletics roll. I've got a plus five for athletics. You're bigger, you that, throw okay, it. Yeah, sure you can throw it. Yeah, that probably makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Eleven. So uh, you clear the gap quite easily, and it lands like pretty far on the other side, and you feel like a good, rel- secure... You pull it as hard as you can, and it doesn't come loose. Okay, so we uh, fasten it down on our side, and I'll go first. Try to uh, finger it across. <laughs> um, might need to carry the girl. I don't know. Yeah, no, she's a rock climber. She's fine. Mm-hmm. Her, so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'll try to climb across that uh, the rope bridge we made. Okay. So uh, you just do it. It's not like um, it, it's you don't have to make a roll to make sure you can climb across a rope. Okay. Um, I'm rolling something that's completely unrelated. <laughs> yeah. Nothing but positive. Okay, uh, you successfully cross the ravine. Great. Much joy. Um, okay. Katiana says, uh, I'll go next. And she, uh, like, without waiting, well, I guess she says something to you in Elvish, and you hear her say, I'm going next. And she just butts in front of you, Devad, and begins uh, cliffhangering across the gap, which is now officially a verb. And she succeeds. Makes it across the other side. Okay, so now it's my turn to bring up the rear. And Devad, you successfully cross the ravine. So you you guys both get to the other side, um, on falling into pit of the abyss. So uh, ahead of you is a uh, large uh, spiral stair. And um, you see there's something written in Dwarven script above the spiral stair that descends down. Uh, and Katiana points and says, we should go this way. Yeah, sounds good, Katiana. Well, let's ask what it actually says. Oh, uh, yeah, good point. I'm going to ask her what it says. Where are we going here? Oh, Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, the temple in the corner of the seer's eye, buried beneath the secrets of Echoli, buried forever will they rest his gilded prize, for his grace, a treasure equal in glory and size. Well, what do you know? Sounds good. The old man wasn't so crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Good old poem. The dwarves were known for their poetry, (laughs) and, like, vaguely limerick style. Um, form. So, sh- yeah, so same marching order, Devad. Right, Devad in front, and I... Remember, keep your eyes out for red stones. We're looking for the red stones. So the uh, uh, stairs descend, and you come to a bottom after walking down the stairs for uh, maybe close to an hour of walking down these stairs, which is a long, very long time. 
and you can no longer see like the top of the stairs from where you were. All you see are um, this stair descends and it's open on both sides. So it's literally like just a column that goes straight down and on the outside of the column is, is the stair that corkscrews around the outside. And eventually, after an hour of walking down these stairs, uh, Devad, you put your foot down expecting to hit another stair and your foot hits a uh, pool of cold water. And uh, uh, you only, it's like maybe an inch or two of water. And then you hit like the ground. Okay, so I look around. I think we've gotten here. Yeah, so um, yeah, you see uh, there's this blue water that slowly flows around and um, there's there's a turn up ahead of you and you see yellow flickering light coming from this room that's around this corner. And Katiana like looks to you both and says, "Ooh, I bet that's where it is." So we head towards it. Yeah. Start heading sort of way. slowly, sort of edge around the corner. So you you come around this corner and you see um, at the center of this room is like a a uh, what would have been an uh, uh, altar that's five ten. 15, 20, 30, like 35 feet across this uh, altar that's three stair steps up and atop it is just a mound of gold, like a huge pile of gold. And at the center of this pile is a statue of a, uh, of a giant. And the giant has got his hand extended palm out and it looks like he's extending a palm to... Uh, to you, like facing the entrance, and is this statue has its palm out towards you, keeping your eyes for red stone. You see in each corner of the room, so corner here, corner here, corner here, and corner here, is a big red crystal uh, that's like fused into the wall. Okay, maybe we should uh over to the one closest to us and see what's the right yeah scoop of uh are you uh do are you kind of stealthfully going like what's the the manner at which you're moving about this room definitely not gonna go at full pace so probably like a snail's crawl fully expecting some kind of trap you know trying to perceive what i'm stepping in and whatnot to that one closest to us so yeah, the the stone that's and I guess to better describe for the listeners, the room is um, we'll just say it's rectangular because I can't describe what the literal shape is, but it's vaguely rectangular. And this platform is in the center of the room, and at each corner of the room is this red crystal that's fused into the wall. And you approach the one that's closest to the exit from the tunnels that you were in, the crystal Correct. that's closest to the wall. Okay. Uh, as you approach. The uh, crystal lights up in a brilliant flash, and you hear a and a vibration in the air. You see the crystal uh, shoots a light into the pile of gold, and note that the other crystals are doing the exact same thing. And you see slowly forming from the pile of gold are these uh, armatures that are. Uh, 
seven seven feet tall of like gold armored. Uh, if anyone listening, like Warhammer 40k, like the Space Marines with their big pauldrons and completely armored uh, bodies, uh, slowly rise from the pile of gold. And there's five of them that arise, and their um, their heads turn and lock eyes at the party as you approach the crystal. Should have brought more people. <laughs> um. Probably are they moving at all towards us, or um, they are still like it, it's like the gold is building them, like the little co- copper or little gold coins and bullions and various like goblets and whatever, like uh, form into their shape and slowly take the shape of armor plates uh, to resemble a suit of armor made of gold. If I back up off the, the wall at all, does that? change or is it still moving forward so you back up away from the crystal and the uh the armatures slowly begin to float or to sink back down into the gold okay well gonna have to strategize on this one um well remember the note the red ones first yeah right we maybe need to somehow somehow deactivate the crystals I don't know if they could shatter them if I hit them with my hammer. What was in the guy's uh, palm, the, uh, the statue in the middle? Great observation, Ants. You get inspiration for that observation. Okay. Uh, inspiration. You can you can dis, you you can spend one inspiration to give yourself advantage on any roll. Okay. You see a tiny little red gem in the palm of his hand. All right, wait right here. I'm going to go crawl up there and see what happens. It's probably the gem that the old man was talking about. Yeah. The red one, that's the only thing that, well, I don't know. What do you think? What should we do here? You just hear uh, Katiana whistling, and she's just looking around. It's like, ugh. Come on, guys. <laughs> Let's just kill them. Should we let her go? <laughs> well, yeah, when you, you go up and check out the statue in the uh, the gem. Okay. All right, I'll, I'll crawl up there and just kind of inspect the, the hand and the gem and see if there's any kind of, like, weight pressure sensor or something. Sure. So you... Uh, so if we if we say like the red gem is here where my mouse is pointed, more or less the corner of of the room. Yeah. The other red gem is we'll just say here for sake of simplicity across this plane. Once you cross this plane, this line, um the red light suddenly appears again and the shapes start coming up from out of the ground. Right. Brace yourself. I don't think we're getting around this fight. No. Um Yep. Uh, well, let's let's kind of back up to where the lights go back off again. So they like sink back down again. <laughs> Inside their like armatured helmets, so like, oh god damn it, not again! <laughs> These assholes. I I think I'm going to kind of stand off to the side of the red crystal that we're closest to, kind of behind it, so I'm not activating it. Yep. And I am going to, I'm going to take my Warhammer and I'm going to take a swing at the crystal yes. as hard as I can. 
So you don't have to roll to hit. It's an unmoving object that's not defending itself. So you just do damage to it. So roll damage for me, please. Okay. Do it two-handed. Yep. So it'd be D10 a D10 plus your strength D10? modifier. My D10 go. Oh, there it is. 13. Max damage. So you smash this thing and a hairline crack is made along the superstructure of the uh, of the crystal and the crack begins to spiderweb out and covers the entirety of the crystal and then a second later the crystal pops and uh, explodes into a fine dust, not powerful enough to damage you but sends uh, uh, crystal shards and debris into the air and um, that's what that's what happens. It does that. Now what do you do? I'm gonna, obviously that, that works. So we're gonna go to the. I'm gonna run towards the other corner and just. Uh, I don't have anything sharp, so excuse me, blunt. So I take the hilt end of my dagger, and maybe just pound on it, try to do some damage that way. Okay. So uh, again, just roll damage for me. Three. Okay. Um, so the the butt of your uh, dagger is just not enough. Uh, it's not strong enough to crack the crystal. Well, come over here and hit this one. <laughs> okay, so I I come over to the other crystal and I take my warhammer in two hands and I take a mighty swing at it and I do nine damage. So again, hairline crack forms, spiderwebs across the crystal structure, and then pops into a, doesn't make a fart noise, but pops into a brilliant red dust, and uh, yeah, you got it. Okay. Are okay. there other, there, we have two more in the far corners. Yeah, there's two more in the far corners. So, so far you've been at this like approximate line behind it smashing these. All right, so now we're going to proceed along the left-hand wall towards the Crystal in the upper left-hand corner. It's just... I just... Quick comment. It's so different playing D&D with people that play, like, games <laughs> versus just comedians and other people I know. Yeah. <laughs> this rules. Okay. Yeah, so you go over to this next crystal and, okay, and do I that thing. Take another whack. And I hit it for six damage. Okay. Another pop and the crystal hairline fractures and then... Explodes into red dust. Okay, and then I come up to the last one. Last one. And I hit that one for 12 damage. <sighs> Again, same, you are owning these immovable crystals, and it pops and explodes into a fine red dust. Okay, I think it's time to uh, go to the pile and check out the gem. Yeah. Did all the, the other guys all dissipated then, or the armor guys, or what happened with them? Uh, well, you haven't crossed that theoretical... Oh, the threshold. Yeah, that was that you were avoiding. Got it. So when you cross it, I can tell you. That's exactly what I'm doing. I'm moving in, um, seeing what happens really slowly past that threshold to see what happens. Uh, the gold does not move. There are no armatures appear as you cross into the uh, yeah. piles of gold and jewels. As I'm going to slowly approach the hand and crawl my way up, you know, taking just a couple of handfuls of gold, putting it in my pocket. Yep. Making sure that I'm properly weighted for balance purposes. <laughs> that makes sense. So You can add two pocketfuls of gold to your character sheet. Fantastic. <laughs> I'm writing that down. Mm -hmm. That's lots of gold. 
Okay. It's also what's fun about one shots is you can kind of like, like this would break a campaign a hundred percent. Like, okay, now we buy a Zeppelin and we're going to ballista all of our enemies. But for one shots, this stuff is real nice. Uh, anyway, so you are filling your pockets for balance purposes. Yes. I'm, 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 I'm standing back uh, behind the piles waiting with the elf girl and I'm, Come on, on. She's let's, let's, she's just shoving gold into her pockets and into her uh, like whatever she has to carry stuff in. She's shoving gold into her person. Right, I'm gonna crawl up and inspect the the hand and the gem. Yeah. So uh, the statues and everything in this place have all been dwarves and have been dwarven in their design and in the way that they very obviously are. Um, uh, dwarves. However, the statue, like I said, is a of a giant, um, specifically of a frost giant. Let's see if I can get a picture of them. So those those big dudes. So he's Viking esque. Oh, yeah. Um, and he's yeah, he's got his hand extended out, palm up, and in his palm is this little red gem. Okay. Can I crawl up on him and go to the hand? Is he like yeah, yep. pretty solid? Yeah. yeah. He's yeah, and I should say he is the size of a giant, so he's like he's twelve or so feet tall, so you do kind of have to climb on him too. Okay. Shout down to Duval. If I die doing this, avenge me. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna crawl up into the hand and inspect it for any traps. Uh perception for me, please. Seven. Seven. So you do not see any traps. It looks totally trapless. Alright. I wave the, the the group. I grab it. I kind of brace for impact and lift it up. Uh so you lift up the gem from his palm. It's er, and uh the So maybe so yeah, you lift it up and you look at the group and you just see Duval Duvad's eyes go wide and Katiana's eyes go wide. Devad, you see the uh, as he picks up the gem, the head of the statue turns and looks at him. So I, I shout out at the uh, Ans, look out! Deck save, Ans. <laughs> 20. Not natural. So you, uh, He's going to take his hand and try to smash you in his palm. What do you do? I'm going to do an acrobatic leap towards uh, away, towards Ex- the crew. You do that. And I do the whole, yes, perfect 10, right? <laughs> All right. Uh, at this time, I would like everyone to roll initiative, please. So, eight for Devad. Eight for Devad. Owens, I think it's 18. Ten. Ten plus your three, so 13. Okay. Giant statue. Ten. So it's going to go Feldor. Aunts. Katiana. The statue. 
and then Devad goes last. Uh, Feldor goes first, and uh, he uh, appears, is what he does on his turn. So you see the same uh, black mist coalesce next to Katiana, and his little yellow, uh, perfectly spherical eyes uh, pop open in his misty head. He winks at you, Devad, again. And this time he's making an M with his arms. Yes, yes, he comes, yes. <laughs> he's now making an M, and in two more episodes, he will complete the... Uh, Final form. The ritual, <laughs> turn into Voltron. Um, Ants, it is your turn. My turn. Um, am I far enough away? I'm going to go ahead and uh, take out the short bow and plug an arrow away at the giant... All right, roll to hit for me, please. You have advantage because he is so massive. Nine, Chabestia. Uh, so the arrow... Well, your, oh, yeah, plus... Plus your dexterity. Probably plus, so. uh, plus three. And then if you're proficient in short bows... I bet it's plus five. Plus five to hit, yep. So... Sorry, what was the roll? 14. Okay. Um, so yep. it's 9 plus 5 is 14, and then if in modifier for dex, I don't know. No, so that, sorry, that plus 5 includes your dex and your proficiency bonus. Okay, God, so it'd be 14 then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, we've been playing for like two and a half hours, and I haven't explained that. <laughs> That's all good. Surprise. Uh, so yeah, you, you uh, loose an arrow, and it f- sails through the air definitely going to hit this thing right in the brain and the arrow snaps and breaks and just like falls sadly off of his uh, uh, statuesque face. Most sad. Okay. Uh, You still have a movement action if you would like to do that. Um, I suppose I'll start Mm. try to sneak around behind him. Okay. Yeah, you uh, uh, roll stealth for me. Oops. 13. Uh, so you, yeah, you don't seem to attract his attention as you move behind him. Uh, now it is Katiana's turn. Um, she is a warlock. Do, do, do. She's going to cast. How we got in here. Josh John. Piece by piece, you know. Slowly carried him in by a little drawer. <laughs> so she... Uh, uh, you see her eyes get that wild look in them again. And a sudden loud ringing noise, painfully intense, erupts from a point of her choice within range. Her range is 60 feet, so she points to like the front of the giant statue's face. And that, uh, within a 10-foot radius, so just him, uh, centered around that point, must make a constitution saving throw. So the statue's making a con save, and it passes. Creature takes 3d8 thunder damage. Um, On a failed save, it takes half. So I'll roll 3d8. Okay. 
and take half of this. So 7, 5, 1 is 12, 12 damage. So half is 6. So it takes 6 damage. Uh, oh, interesting. So a creature made of inorganic materials such as stone, crystal, or metal has disadvantage on the saving throw. So I'll roll another one. Uh, I'll roll another saving throw for the thing. And it rolled an 8, so it failed, so it actually takes the full 12 damage. This is kind of cool that you guys happen to persuade this girl, because this, <laughs> this fight may be more trivial than it's supposed to be. Uh, now it is the giant's uh, statue's turn. A uh, statue is going to take two big steps towards... Well, you hit away from it, and the little girl just did a ton of damage, so it's going to take its big fist and try to punch this little girl <laughs> with his statue fist. Oh my god, he rolls a three. Even though he's an overall plus seven, it's still not enough to, uh, to hit her. So she's just too small, and this big fist slams into the water where she was just standing, and a splash of the water comes up into the air, and you see uh, Katiana has tucked and rolled out of the way. Devad, it is your turn. All right, so I'm going to uh, I'm going to run up to the statue with my hammer, and I'm going to take a swing at his knees. All right, you get advantage on this roll because he's so big. So that's a uh, sixteen. Uh, so ties go to the player. So go ahead and roll damage for me. That's going to be a six. Okay, and uh, you get an extra D4 damage for using a uh, bludgeoning weapon. So you get to add a D4 on top of any attacks made with your warhammer and to this thing. that's another two. All right. For a grand total of eight. Okay. This thing is not bloodied yet, so now it is top of the turn order. Feldor's turn. Um, Feldor... Uh, like Feldor floats up into the air and and his humanoid shape turns into a black cloud and is now floating around the um the statue's face and the statue is clawing at a thing that doesn't have matter or form. Uh Ants, your turn. Um Don't have anything that's not piercing. I'll try. I'll go up with my rapier and try to poke him. Okay. All right. Poke away. <laughs> so it is, uh, you still get advantage to hit him for his size. Seven plus five to hit. So 12. That is a miss. So you uh, feebly poke at his <laughs> ankles and it more or less continues to ignore you. Um, now it is Katiana's turn. Uh, she's got one more second level evocation spell, so she's going to use her last spell to do this same thing. So she moves out of the way, points again, and the same explosion is heard. He has to make a, a constitution save at disadvantage and rolls a one critical fail. So she's going to do double damage dice. 
And since she rolls 3d8, she's going to do 6d8 damage. Ten, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, twenty. She does twenty damage to him. Brutal little girl. Yeah. Uh, the you see a huge chunk of gold like blow off of its shoulder and. Um, collapse in a hunk. It's it's the size of uh, size of your cart gets blown off of the statue and falls down. Uh, the creature is now bloodied. Uh, his turn. He's going to uh, he's going to use one of his layer actions and um, call forth a pillar of gold to spike at. Uh, I'll roll a D4. Um, Ans is a 1, Duvad is a 2, and Katiana is a 3, and a 4 is a reroll. So a 2. So Duvad, uh, you see this thing, it's, it's clawing at the uh, Feldor that is it blinding it, and it uh, reaches out with its hand, and it points in your general direction, and it all at once, a bunch of gold coins like stack on top of each other, and in like a, a phalanx of coin spears shoot out from the pile of gold. And uh, you need to make a dexterity save for me, please. Sixteen. Nice. So you only take half damage from this. So gold spike is seven damage. So you take half. All right, and uh, now it is your turn, Devad. Okay, so I'm going to, I'm taking my Warhammer, and I'm taking a whack at the other knee. Do it. Uh, nine. Uh, AC to beat was 16, so if you don't beat 16, that is a miss. Um, Devad was last, so now it's top of the turn order again. Um, Feldor... Uh, pulls back from the uh, giant's face and it uses a, a cantrip, uses Eldritch Blast, make a ranged spell attack, 19, which is a hit, and it takes D10 force damage, so it takes two damage. Uh, so the so Feldor pulls back, and you see it uh, uh, take one of its smoky hands backwards and points it, uh, holds his hand out straight, and shoots a bolt of purple energy out from the blacky wispy smoke, uh, doing two damage to the statue. Uh, Ants, your turn. <laughs> I'm gonna try poke it again. Oh, That's all I can do. Uh, 19. Uh, that is a hit. Yeah. Um, damage 1d8 is 3 piercing. Mm-hmm. So it's a 10. Nice. Uh, so you, you actually managed to find, there's like a, there's a couple crevices in its stony uh, physique, 
that you're actually able to land and jab something inside of it, and it doesn't do full damage, but it does take half. This takes five damage. <laughs> um, now, so as a reaction, um, uh, a mechanic to explain to the audience and to our cast, uh, boss monsters in D&D 5th edition can do a couple things to make fights more interesting. One of them is called layer actions, where they can have the environment that they're in do things to attack the player. Uh, they can also take legendary actions where they can just do a thing whenever they want to. Uh, it's sort of to get away from how in previous editions of D&D, players had action advantage. They just had more turns than the monster, so they would almost always annihilate bosses. So this, uh, the gold statue is going to take a legendary action, um, and it's going to do another gold spike at uh, at you again, <laughs> Devad. Sorry. Uh, uh, con save for me, please. Or dex save, sorry. Yep, deck save. Eight. Okay, so you fail, so you take 2d8 damage. You take nine damage. Now it is... Um, that was its legendary action to go whenever it wanted. Scrooge McDuck made this look so much easier. <laughs> and uh, Katiana is going to go. And she's going to run up to the statue and put her hand on the thing's leg and cast chill touch make a range spell attack against creature to assail it uh on a hit target takes d8 necrotic damage oh oh my god a 20 so it takes two d8 necrotic damage doesn't resist it so it, it takes eight and this thing is now on death's door Yes. Um, now it is uh, the armature's turn. So it is going to try to smash... Uh, I mean, Katiana's been really screwing it up, so it's going to attack Katiana again. It's big overhanded fist punch. Uh, uh, plus seven is 14, and Katiana's AC, I believe, is 13. Yep, Katiana has 13 HP, so she takes D12, she takes 10 damage. So she is on death's door. Yeah, so this thing, uh, in a, a fit of frustration, swings its hand back and hits Katiana broadside and sends her reeling head over heels, and she lands face down in the pool of water. Um... Devad, your turn. So I, once again, I've just been sitting there whacking with my hammer, so I'm going to mm-hmm. keep going. Uh, 11. 11 is a miss. Uh, no damage. Now, top of the turn order, Feldor turns to see uh, Katiana lying on her face in the pool and immediately disengages from uh, the statue and goes over to her and uses its wispy black mist to flop her over onto her onto her back and pushes her um, up against, um, s- sort of out of the way, so that she's not, like, here. Maybe she's up against the wall, um, closer to the perimeter of the room. And that's what he does with his turn. Aunts, it's your turn. 
I'll take another poke at him. Poke him. Nineteen. Yeah. Yeah, we'll call it a nineteen. Okay. Um. So that is a hit. Four. So it takes half damage, so two. Uh, so it's... <laughs> you probably weren't going to be able to kill it, but it is it is close to dying. So um, that was Ansa's turn. Katiana, um, she's going to make a constitution save to see if she wakes up. She fails, so she is still unconscious. Um, the armature's turn... Uh, finally realizing that you have been poking at his ankles this whole time, turns and looks at you, Ans, and is going to try to absolutely obliterate you with its fist. And he rolls a 22. Well, 15, <laughs> 15 plus 7. Which is a hit. So now... It's good knowing you. <laughs> you take... Oh, man. You take... Plus... So you take 15 damage? Nope. That's how many I was at, so I'm at zero. Okay. The nice thing about going to zero is you actually don't bleed out. You just become unconscious. Oh, okay. Uh, if you go negative, then you have to start making death saves every turn to see if you die. Um, so you're just unconscious. So actually, the best thing that could have happened, happened. Uh, Devad, it is your turn. All right, let's, let's finish this thing off. Finish him. Uh, 15. Oh, man. Uh, six AC of 16, so it is still... Uh, maybe the angles just aren't good enough. Like, you just keep brushing off to the side and you don't get a good square hit on him. And that is a miss. Uh, oh, you know what? Hang on. My Warhammer has uh, plus five to hit. Oh, yes. I'm... So, my bad. I've, I've been at you were just taking the dex save, right. right? Or the dex yes, mod? right. Yes. So that would have been a hit, that one. The other ones yes, that I would. missed would... I missed badly, so those were fine. But no worries. Yeah, this um, one. Excellent. So that's a hit, so go ahead and roll damage, which is a d10, d10 and plus right. a d4. So that's eight, and then I've got the plus three, so that'd be 11. So we, uh, we see in slow motion this swing, and it's going to absolutely nail the... Uh, statue as it's as it's coming down to pummel aunts again um, you get a good overhand swing into this thing's side and we see in slow motion the warhammer impact the side of the statue and a crack spider webs out from the point of impact and the thing just explodes into coins jewels goblets and uh, you basically get <laughs> you just get covered in what the mass of this statue, but in coins and jewels and and uh, finery. And That's exactly how I wanted to go. <laughs> uh, all of you add uh, seven hundred and fifty experience to your character sheet. Um, Devad, you you notice that the the whole. Uh, room starts shaking violently. Uh, it's, uh, what, what happened to the uh, the red gem? Do I? It is, was. Is he still? Yeah, it's still with him. He's underneath all of these coins. Maybe you just see like his feet sticking out from <laughs> underneath the pile of gold on top of him. 
So I, I, I grab him by the feet and yank him out. Um, and so he is still unconscious. So uh, you, unless you have a healing potion in your inventory, which I don't think you do. I do not. You'll basically, you'll have to carry him uh, until he can spend a short rest to wake up and heal himself. Okay, so I, I basically throw him over my shoulder and start heading for the for the entrance. Excellent. So in very climactic, uh, pulpy fashion, the whole structure starts shaking violently, and uh, stalagmites start collapsing from the ceiling. And uh, you see Feldor, um, his yellow eyes look up at you um, as you start running out of the tunnel. And um, you see him struggle with his, like using his whatever force that he exists in to try to lift Katiana up, but he can't actually pick her up. So I, uh, <laughs> look, he doesn't yeah. want to save Katiana. <laughs> <laughs> well, how much, how much do you weigh on? Um, I'm little. Yeah. As a halfling, you probably don't weigh more than right. 60 so pounds. I, so I sort of pounds. detour on my way to the door and go over to where, <laughs> Katiana's lying, and yeah, I'm sort of double double fireman's carrying. Yes, so uh, beautiful. The um, to so yeah, you get them both on your shoulders and start sprinting out. It's going to be harder. You won't move as fast, uh, but um, you find that Feldor has taken his shape and he's now floating above you. And as like rock comes from the ceiling, you see him fly against it and push and the rock like is moved out of the way ever so slightly um roll athletics for me please devad eighteen nice so you uh uh dig in and and haul ass out of the tunnels and begin making your way towards the stairs the our climb up the stairs and it is uh it is brutal make a constitution save for me please eight so the um the uh the collapsing stones and ducking out of the way and carrying these two have got you near close to exhaustion um you, you feel close to wanting to just pass out. Your muscles ache, your thighs and calves just burn from exerting. And uh, a, a wispy face with black-yellow eyes uh, comes up to meet you face-to-face, and he says, Let me in. I can help you. <laughs> I say, Okay. The uh, the eye one of the eyes it winks at you, and the mist like you're breathing in hard, and it just fills your nostrils and lungs, and you feel the surge of of strength and power um, as you um, regain. You feel like you you haven't felt this good in years, and no problem. Just uh, Chuck Norris your way all the way up these stairs as the whole place begins to shake more and more violently as the minutes pass. You get to the top of the stair and see that the uh, gap has now widened uh, by 15 more feet. And the, uh, there's a voice in your head that says, jump, do it. I take a running leap, 
Roll athletics uh, at advantage for me, Devad. Nineteen. So you, uh, with the help of whatever is imbued inside of you, you make this epic uh, superhero-style leap across, like legs uh, pinwheeling in the air (laughs) with your two unconscious friends on your shoulder, and land on the ground, and uh, you see the bridge behind you just crumble and fall away into the black abyss. And ahead of you, uh, the entrance slowly begins to close. So I uh, wipe my brow and I keep going. You sprint towards the end and with the the new demonic energy that is flowing through your veins, uh, never have you felt more alive and virile and strong. You you make it out with, with seconds to spare and the door slowly closes behind you um, as you pass through and you hear just a cacophony of rock and debris collapse inside of the mountain. And you find yourself safe with two friends on your shoulder. <laughs> and one inside of me. Yeah. Hey, it's a party. It's not that kind of party. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, now I, uh, I, I set them down and I uh, kind of tend to them and wait for them to come to. So you set uh, Aunt's down and, and you can see he's got um, a big goose egg forming on the top of his head and... Uh, you can see maybe like um, he's probably got like some fractured bones and he's got bruising all over the side of his face. Um, and then you set Katiana down and you see her form has withered into a frail skeleton. Like the, there's the skin that's left on her is like tissue paper and there's just this dead uh, mummified girl lying next to aunts. I sort of prod at her a little bit and Katiana <laughs> her head just like rolls off <laughs> uh, she was weak we Devad we will be strong what have I gotten myself into and I think at that ladies and gentlemen uh, we will end the uh, last life episode with the cardboard caucus give it up for our friends woo you guys did it. Uh, you completed the quest. Uh, we've left things open for if you guys want to pick up this game at another point or take these characters with some friends. It doesn't matter to me, but um, yeah, you did it. You rescued the gold from the <laughs> clutches of not being, not having it. How was it? What'd you guys think? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Definitely different. <laughs> don't normally play role playing like it has been many years so. mm-hmm. it's a very nice change of pace cool well I'm, I'm glad you guys enjoyed yourselves had a lot of fun i had a lot of fun with you both at the table today i appreciate you guys spending you know close to four hours playing <laughs> dungeons and dragons with me on a sunday um, so i want to make sure that we do all the plugs that we need to do um i'll do mine first so we can end on yours uh Des Moines and Dragons, uh, this has been another episode of Last Life where we take local celebrities, creatives, um, folks that are doing cool things in Des Moines and play a one-shot with them. Uh, Today we have the Cardboard Caucus. Uh, Next on the list of performers is going to be the entire band of the 
uh, rock group Super Chief is going to play with us. That is going to be insane. So <laughs> send me positive vibes. <laughs> um, you can check out all things D&D and all things Des Moines and Dragons at www.desmoinesanddragons.com. That's Des Moines, A-N-D, dragons.com. I'm going to turn it over to our guests now so they can do their plugs. Um, guys, seriously, thank you so much for playing with me today. What do you got going on? This episode drops the first Monday of October. So that is the 6th, I believe. Um, yeah, this, this episode drops on the 6th of October. So with that in mind, what dates do you have to plug? Well, the Cardboard Caucus, our board game convention, will be the last weekend in October. That's Friday the 25th through Sunday the 27th. Uh, you can, we have a, our website is www.cardboardcaucus.com. And from there we have links to where you can go to buy your badges. Uh, you can buy a three day badge. By the time you're hearing this, uh, our early bird pricing would have ended, but it'll be $40 to get a badge for the full weekend. And then we have individual day badges Friday and Sunday are $15 and uh, Saturday is $20. We're on social media. Just look for cardboard caucus. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, so, uh, we're, as we get closer to the convention, we're going to be posting more and more to keep you up to date on our preparations and we hope to see you there. Awesome. Uh, any, anything you got will to plug or did Matt no, steal Matt all is, the thunder? Matt is great with words much better than me. <laughs> That's okay. Um, thank you both so much again for coming. Um, seriously, this was a ton of fun and guys, uh, that, uh, cardboardcaucus.com. Yes. Um, October 25th through the 27th at the Hilton Garden Inn in West Des Moines. Uh, please, please check them out. Des Moines and Dragons will be there gaming, having a good time. So we expect to see all you there having a great time with us. So that's been it for Des Moines and Dragons. Uh, check out the description for all the links we just said. And have a great rest of your week. Bye, guys. One-on-one, it's me and you, Dungeon Master, don't have a crew, make a move, win or lose, got past the Jews, past the Jews. You have to roll to stay alive. And you're on your last life. You have to roll to stay alive.